All right, welcome to the Swimming From Home talk show. I'm here with Matt Kredich, head coach at the University of Tennessee. Um, so Matt, I, you, you, you guys went to SECs, which was you know, pretty early on in the conference meets. Um, can you kind of take me through what the next few weeks looked like for your teams um, kind of up until this point? Yeah, so, I mean, SECs I thought was a, a really successful meet for both our men and our women. Um, our women certainly, you know, we had, had the goal of winning and, and we won. thought we performed well. Um, we performed really well under pressure, which was, I, I thought, maybe the biggest takeaway from the meet um, that we, we were in a, a really close competition and responded uh, I thought brilliantly and and it wasn't just our you know our top two or three swimmers it was it was a whole group of people who 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 you know essentially in, internalized the the goal of the team the, the identity of the team and performed incredibly well our men um, all, all season long uh, Lance Asty really directed our men and had them harping on this idea of 2%. We're going to get 2% better. And <clears throat> instead of focusing on winning or places, they focused on competing and finding all these little ways to get 2% better. And, uh, and it, it was kind of awesome because we, we had a lot of great swims that might not have really made headlines, but, um, but they, they were swims that allowed the guys to cross that 2% threshold and guys were celebrating like, um, you know, like as they should, as if they had won something. And because they did, they had set that goal, they had set that vision and 2% in a season is, re is really hard. That's, that's a, it's a pretty lofty goal. And guy after guy was, was hitting that target. So, um, I think we, we walked away feeling like we had made a, a lot of progress, both men and women, yeah. or refocusing on NC2As. For our women, I mean, certainly we had talked all season about winning SC2As. We also talked about winning NC2As. And, and that's why I felt like the performance under pressure was such a big step for us, because I knew we were walking into an NCA's uh, meet where um, – the it was, it was a kind of a different landscape than it had been for a while where there wasn't one or two dominant teams. There were several who I felt like should be walking into that meet with a goal and the intent of winning. And we were one of those teams. Mm -hmm. So we were, we quickly refocused uh, with the women Our guys quickly refocused. We, we qualified the, the, a couple of days, I guess, before um, the meets were canceled, the, we we learned that uh, we had the biggest group of men uh, to qualify for NC2As from Tennessee in um, something like 10 years. So guys were riding high because we had a couple guys on the bubble who, who we knew got in. Um, mm -hmm. Our divers performed really well at zones, both men and women. We had um, – we, we had – uh, we were going to take several divers, both male and female, to the, the NCA meet. And, uh, and then things started 
really escalating, I think worldwide with the coronavirus and cancellations. Um, and, you know, by that Thursday, it was Wednesday night, I think it was the night that they, they canceled the, um, the NBA season. And at that point, the, you know, the, the writing was definitely on the wall. And that afternoon, we, we called a team meeting and right before the team meeting, we called a team meeting to basically say, get ready for this. Right before the team meeting, it was announced. And uh, so we, we, we had a, you know, a couple of really difficult meetings with uh, the men and, and women. Um, and within a couple of days, the, the facility had shut down. We've been told we can't practice and people really had to disperse. So for everybody, um, you know, including us, it, it moved quickly. Last, uh, I don't know how long has it been, two weeks? Last two weeks, uh, we've, we've been, you know, keeping in contact with people. And, and for a week, we had the ability to train our pros in, a, in a, um, an off-site facility. That closed down at the beginning of the week. And, and we've been, they've dispersed. We've got we're getting videos and, and getting reports and communicating with people all over the country and the world about life in their, in their situations right now. And they're all active. They're all doing something. Um, but nobody's swimming. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how does, you know, for, for you in your position, for the head coach position, you know, how has your daily role changed? I'm sure pretty drastically. Um, you know, but like, for instance, yesterday, you know, what is your day to day looking like now? Yesterday. <laughs> well, so recruiting is still happening. And okay. there's a lot of activity in, in recruiting. Um, you know, I'm also a father and a husband and, uh, and I've got three college boys who are home, um, which is wonderful. Uh, so it's life around the house. You know, I'm trying to get, get, uh, some time each day to really focus on running a college team and time each day to also enjoy this, this blessing of having my, you know, my son's home, which I hadn't counted on and I really do treasure. Um, so yesterday we, um, last night we had a, a big pizza making uh, extravaganza. And so, I, and we have a, a wood-fired oven uh, that that I make pizza in, and and that's it's it's kind of an awesome thing. It's, I'm, I'm I wouldn't say I'm addicted to it, but I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> and uh, so I spent a lot of time yesterday getting ready for that. Nice. Spent some time recruiting. Spent some time um, exercising. Um, also, uh, we're we're this week we've had. Uh, some Zoom meetings with each class, um, the in, incoming and uh, outgoing classes. So we've had a chance to see everybody on the on the screen and check in with them. Um, still trying trying to help find s some limited um, opportunities for swimming, whether it's outside, uh, some residential pools, some um, uh, potentially endless pools for for our pros. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working on a lot of different things, but I, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's 
difficult to, there's no routine for sure. And after, you know, 15 years of, of coaching at Tennessee, I've, I've realized I've really come to rely on routine, you know, wake up, make my breakfast, have coffee, head into the office, do, do my stuff at the office. I have set times each day when I do things and now that's been upended. So it's been good for me. Um, I've certainly been able to sleep a lot more, which is, which is, I think ultimately really good, but, um, still trying to create another routine. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously we found out this week, I think that the Olympics were postponed, not canceled. Um, I think that was this week. Uh, does, does that, did that help your, um, you establish a routine kind of having that knowledge and knowing that? Yeah, it actually lifted, I think some, um, it it helped me think a little bit more clearly, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as in my mind trials is going to happen in 12 weeks, I felt like we have to get the people that we can into the water. Like we, this is a competition. And if we have to be ready in 12 weeks, we got to do everything we can to be ready. And in this situation, you know, this is rarely the case, but in this situation that, that involved, that involved risk. You know, when, when we're, say, take the eight pro athletes that we have, they have their little circles that they're in. And then when we get together, even if we're practicing responsible social distancing, we're, we're bringing, uh, you know, potentially a, we're creating a situation where disease could spread. And it, it's a, if it's, even if it's a small risk, it's, it's an additional risk. And so lifting the pressure of preparing, I think made me, allowed me to think a little bit more clearly about, okay, wh- what are the situations where there's zero risk and, and we were looking at a pool situation where there was a little bit of risk, especially to the people who own the pool. And we mm-hmm. all decided we, we just can't, we can't do that. I think we decided that on the day that they canceled the Olympic game. So that, like, that's, that's essentially given all of us space to take a, a deep breath yeah. and start, you know, asking questions like, okay, well, how can we come out of this, this break from swimming better? And, I had a, uh, a really cool Zoom meeting with a couple of other coaches yesterday to talk about that very thing. And like, how, how, do, we, how do we take this and, and, and uh, re- rethink what we're doing? So getting out of a routine allows us to take a, a step back and, and examine the assumptions that we make that, are, that the routine is based on. Like we assume that it's good to be swimming 50 weeks out of the year nine practices a week and Mm -hmm. while that may very well be true when we can't do that then we get the opportunity to to maybe test and see okay well is that necessarily true and if not then what what are some alternatives about what could be best or what could be better Um, so I, i i think that that gives us all some space to think to ask those questions as as a as a coach and I, I you know I'm assuming as a, as a fan of the sport as well do you, does that excite you? Yeah, it does. It really does. I mean, I I think the sport moves forward when we do question assumptions, and mm-hmm. and we all move forward when we 
when we get out of routine and start asking questions in a different way or asking new questions or even going back and saying, why do we assume that this is true? And when you get a, the time and space to do that, it's, it, to me, it's, it's really exciting. And like, I'm, it was, it was cool yesterday to see, um, I talked to John Nelson, Michael Brooks and, and Greg Troy. And those are three brilliant people who are in different parts of the world, you know, coaching different, different levels of athlete, but all asking the same question. And that's just a sample. And if, there are more people asking those questions and getting a chance to really think about swimming in a different way right now. No question we're going to come out of this with a, a different and I think better understanding of what, what high performance and swimming is all about. Um, so it, it, it'll be fun, fun to watch and fun to see. And, you know, this is part of the competition too. I, I know I'm, I'm uh, certainly you know, not the only one thinking along these lines, but it is, it's so, I mean, to me that, that makes it even more exciting. Okay. Who, who can come up with the best ideas and how can we share these and, and get them out to the sport? Yeah. Have, have you seen anything that you really like so far and just maybe a workout an athlete's done or an idea that you've heard of or seen that, uh, that you thought was novel or maybe that came from this? Yeah. I, <laughs> not necessarily workouts, but, um, but just ideas like, so the, and this is something I'm working over in my own head. It's not certainly not fully formed, but, um, I mean, we know that in that every day our bodies change, right? So if you wake up, sit on the couch all day, go to bed, your body has changed and probably not for the better. If you're a high performance athlete, if you wake up and go to two practices and have a, a strength training session, um, eat well, then your body is also changed. And, and we, we hope that that's for the better if you're a high performance athlete. But there's a, a wide range in between those two possibilities. And, you know, if you wake up and you're sick and you practice, your, your body's going to change and probably not for the better. So what we're doing as coaches and athletes is, is trying to direct the changes in your body. And in order to direct those changes, we need to have an understanding of what stimulus creates what change. And so now we're getting non-swimming stimulus for a lot of people. Uh, and so we start to imagine what those changes are and they're structural changes. So we're not just, we're not just talking about um, conceptual, like the, the way people are thinking or getting a break, but they're, they're, there's true structural changes in your ability to, to create energy, your ability to, to, to move things, your ability to create um, shapes with your own body. So I, I think by moving differently and in non-swimming ways, we can change the structure of our body, which we're then going to then carry back into the water and hopefully be able to move differently and better. I think there, there are a few different ways that we can do that, you know, from from an energy perspective. So when we train, we, we, we try to train energy production systems, but there's also the nervous system perspective, like, um, and that in includes things like your awareness of your body in space, um, your, your, your ability to react, your ability to sense things, to sense the water. So there's another element and it's possible that by not swimming, 
we may be enhancing our ability when we return to feel things that we that we weren't aware of before. Um, so, and then the the third element is really just literal structural mobility. Like, what would it, what would happen if if we had a, a really good yoga program that our athletes did themselves to for you know two months? That I think they're they're posture and their um, their ability to kind of create shapes would change and and if we did it right change for the better so I mean those are the things that I'm trying to formulate and then ho hopefully um, act on you know push out to our team once once we have uh, a little bit more discussion I think with our staff and 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 can make a plan for that yeah yeah I mean that's I, I feel like it's been really cool to see what changes have come from this, especially in our little swimming community, you know, from, from an athletic standpoint. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's really neat to hear about. And um, I know, so I've certainly been doing a little more yoga on a daily basis and I feel like that's been a pretty cool adjustment that I've made. Yeah. And, and my guess is you're, you're sleeping more too. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, and we know that when I think the greatest release of growth hormone um, happens during sleep, and and the highest percentage of that injection of growth hormone happens after about six to seven hours of sleep. So, uh, I think that our whole team we we wear these these whoop straps and. And from what I've seen, our team is sleeping a lot more. And I would imagine that's happening across the swimming world. People are sleeping more. Yeah. So an entire country, an entire world, an entire band of college swimmers is getting more sleep, getting more growth hormone. That's probably going to result in, in some positive gains, you know, in some way for a lot of people. Um, and probably... <laughs> the health of a coaching profession will benefit as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I've seen a lot of my coaching friends, um, you know, posting on forums, whether it's Facebook or other social platforms um, and just trying, trying to get ideas going because, because they're not able to write workouts for their athletes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, cool. Any, Anything else you've been up to? Have, have you picked up any new hobbies or activities or, or things you weren't normally doing while you were coaching? No, I mean, I've always, uh, I, I love to cook. And, and I've, when I had three teenage boys living at home, that was a big part of my weekly routine is making a ton of food. Yeah. And, and I want it to be good food because I like to eat good food. Mm -hmm. um, this was a, the first year of my wife and I being having a, an empty nest. And now with the, the two who had gone out of town um, back, the, and, and both of them are college swimmers, the amount of food that I'm making is returned to like pre-empty nest levels, which is probably four times the amount that <laughs> we're, we're consuming so that, that's it's been fun it's taken up a lot of uh a lot of my my time and i've 
tried some new new things there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm r- really just, I think, trying to now imagine what what comes next. You know, we we. I think one of the things that has always drawn me to to swimming, both as an athlete and then as a coach, is you get you get a chance to to write your own story, and it's and it's always the most fun when it's not not the one that other people are telling, especially if other people are talking about you. Mm-hmm. So that was one reason why we were so excited to go to NC2As because there's this kind of collective idea. Um, sort of outside of Tennessee swimming, there's something other than Tennessee winning NCAs is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing has happened for a long time with, um, with, I mean, since I've gotten here, we, we've been both men and women trying to win an SEC championship. And until you do it, that's not really part of the collective story. So you get a chance to, to write your own story. You're, you're in charge of your own future. And when, when that was kind of, when, when that ending was almost uh, suspended, there, there can still be in everybody's mind, all these possible endings. So I prefer to think of the endings that we really wanted and really imagine those vividly. And I've spent some time doing that. And I found that that's, um, and maybe it's odd, but it's given me closure to think of what would we have done? And, and now that I'm through with that process, I, like I get to now think of, okay, it's a lot more clear now that the Olympics are going to be in 2021. Mm-hmm. And we get to start thinking about that next story, writing that and imagining that for ourselves and not letting other people, um, influence or or dictate that and and i really love thinking about next year's team it's you know it's a big unknown and so we it's the time for us to to really imagine all the possibilities that that we want you know not the ones that 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 uh carry momentum from other people's stories but our we get to tell our stories and then we get to go about making that happen so that's a big process and it's an endlessly rewarding process for, for me. And, and, and I think it's the same for our team. So, you know, that, I, I think that's, that's what we're doing. So when people are in their home gyms, you know, doing yoga and, and uh, working out with their brother and sister or their parents, I want them thinking I am on my way. I'm, this is the beginning of a really cool story, or this is the, you know, chapter five of a, a really cool story that I can see ending in 2021 with, with this kind of outcome. So, I mean, that's what we're all doing. The, the setting has changed, but I, I think we're, we're all still telling those stories. And, and I, I, mean, I think my goal during this time is to, is to really put my imagination and my mind to work and, and, and do that for myself. And then, uh, hop on board with with other people and and help them where i can yeah well awesome matt i I feel like that's a good place to end that was a really great conversation and thanks a lot for your time yeah thanks coleman i I have to really appreciate what you do um because you, you 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 basically um 
you know, put the spotlight on, on things that are happening and you don't really editorialize and you're, you're a great um, proponent for the sport. So I, these conversations, I, I've gotten a kick out of watching the ones you've done so far. Always get, get a kick out of the um, practice and pancake stuff that you put together for everybody. So keep up the great work. I, I, um, I really appreciate it. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thanks.